Hello and welcome back to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. Do you remember being 18 and worrying that you didn't have an answer when people asked you what you were going to do with your life? I don't think I know anyone else my age then who knew either. Who does, right? Our guest for today, Ira Bungade, did. She knew it at the age of six and has gone on to making a career of it. She's 21 now and will begin her first job as a pilot for a commercial airline in India. So how did she know what she wanted to do then? I was about uh, six when I decided wow. that that's really young and mm -hmm. it was a very silly reason. There's a, there's a story behind it. So there was a wedding in our family and for some reason, I, I don't know why, my aunt wanted me to become a pilot when I was yeah. young. I, I still don't know why. And um, she was wearing, uh, I think it was like a stone set kind of thing mm -hmm. with her sari and um, I really liked it. So I went up to her and I told her that uh, I want this. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay, I'll give it to you, but uh, you have to become a pilot. I said, uh, okay, fine, if that's what it that's what it takes to get the stone set, then why not? <laughs> so. Ira's parents have both been working in aviation for the past 30 years. Her mom is a flight purser and dad an aircraft maintenance engineer. So she was exposed to the aviation industry at a very early age in life. However, once the thought of being a pilot was planted in her head, the thought only grew stronger as she grew. Initially, my, the only reason I wanted to was because of that, but mm -hmm. as I grew up, it, it kind of grew onto me and uh, I started to understand things. Mm -hmm. And also because uh, the housing society where I lived in, I, I was surrounded by a lot of people in the airline and a lot of pilots. Mm -hmm. So I would watch them growing up and I'd watch them going off to train and mm -hmm. come back and I'd see their lives and mm -hmm. I thought it was a really nice job to have. Mm -hmm. and. I was old enough, I could start um, assessing and evaluating the pros and the cons and uh, I thought there were more pros. The biggest one being that you get to travel a lot because I enjoy traveling. Mm -hmm. I've traveled a lot right from my childhood thanks to my mum and dad mm -hmm. who've been in the airlines. So I was lucky enough to go all over the world and explore places. Her family didn't take her seriously at first, but when Ira didn't waver, they helped her plan her career. So I think initially my family thought of it uh, as a small joke that she's probably just saying it because she wants the stone set but my answer never changed after that. It was just stuck right there and I didn't budge from it. I think my mom and dad knew that I wasn't messing around when I was about 11. I think they knew that okay this is what she wants and this is what she's gonna do and uh, I started thinking about it, the different options that were available and what my course of action would be in the future from a very early age. I started asking people around just to know what I could do, what the different possibilities and the options are. And my mom and dad would actually uh, encourage me to go and find out uh, about, you know, talk to different people to know what it's like, uh, speak to different pilots, not just pilots, like different people from the airline. Ira knew what she wanted for a career. And while she was working her entrance exam for flying school, she thought she should have a plan B. So I started preparing after year 12. I did think about a different career, just in case this doesn't work out because I'm someone I always need a plan B in my life. I don't like taking risks. If I do something, I always make sure there's a plan B just in case it doesn't work out. So I started going to degree college for a year. I was doing a degree in uh, mass media. I was actually preparing for uh, my flying along with that. 
I did a cadet program uh, with the low cost carrier in India mm -hmm. and um, that that year was actually very stressful for me because uh, I would have to go to college I'd have to keep up with my attendance I'd have to focus on my degree related uh, work and then um, I'd have to prepare for my airline interview and my written exam and everything mm -hmm. and I was actually working at that time as well I decided to do a part time job just to because I wanted to be independent, I wanted to know what it what what it's like to have a job, mm -hmm. and um, even though it 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 was a part time job, it wasn't a full time job. But I felt very independent, and that's when I learned to value money. The clarity of thought that Ira had at the age of eighteen amazes us. She knew what she wanted to do for a career, had a plan B, and had also done her research on the best way to secure a job as a pilot through a pilot cadetship. Obtaining a pilot cadetship with an airline is the most secure way of completing one's flight training. The majority of cadet pilot mentored schemes are self-funded, but the training is completed having virtually secured your first airline job. So getting through the cadet program would mean she would complete her training knowing she would have a job waiting for her. I decided to take up the cadet program because there's a lot of unemployment in aviation and mm -hmm. this is the biggest risk uh, that one has to take in aviation especially now because because of the unemployment. Mm -hmm. Aviation as you know is 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 very expensive and um, if you're unemployed for a long time your license starts to lapse your you need to go back and you need to fly more to keep your license valid so that's an additional expense and I've had friends who have been without a job for like about eight years now and some of them have just started flying and it's it's very stressful after flying after investing that kind of money in it and then just sitting at home you know your hours lapsing your papers lapsing and it's it's just very stressful getting into the cadet program was only the first step the demanding part of the training was yet to come so what were some of the challenges she faced while training? Initially it wasn't much of a challenge because it was a new place. It was the first time I went, I stayed away from home. I was very happy. I had a great set of friends, um, a great support system and um, they were always, we were like a little family. So it was a nice place, uh, a nice bunch of people to be around with. But uh, the location where my flying school was uh, located, it, it was a very remote place. So there wasn't much we could do. It was it was in the middle of nowhere, and there was absolutely nothing. I mean, if you if you look outside, you just see, you know, you just see cows you just grazing. Fly out, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you you just see cows grazing. So there wasn't much you could do. And um, with flying, we were always busy uh, flying and studying, and we had a very busy schedule. So we we didn't get to go out much. Not like there were many places to go and visit. But uh, after a while, it's, it's, the routine started getting to me, seeing the same faces. For a person like me, I need to be out. I need to be up and about. I need to see new places. I, I, I tend to get a little uh, claustrophobic, I'd say. And um, you were trapped. I was vastness, actually trapped, yeah. The vastness and the emptiness of the place yeah. that you were yeah, in. Yeah, there was a time. Yeah, there was a time I felt extremely empty, and uh, there's a limit to how much you can do every day. Uh, the infrastructure was great. We had everything over there, 
but uh, again i mean you'd wake up you'd see the same faces in briefing you'd go to you'd go to flying school um, you'd, you'd go to the hangar you'd see the same faces you'd come back say you want to play a sport you'd be playing with the same people <laughs> you'd <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly eat with them sleep with them exactly well, not literally in that case but yeah <laughs> yeah and then even yeah. when we'd want to go out yeah. we'd go so with the same, same bunch of people mm-hmm. and uh, in fact the auto guy who'd come to pick us up was the same guy <laughs> same guy in the same auto <laughs> the same restaurant oh. the same oh, no, food really. <laughs> i kid you not <laughs> Sounds like Groundhog Day to us. It's hard to live away from the comforts of one's home and family without a support system to help you through. She found that in her friends and inspiration in a role model. There was one person I really looked up to during my training and uh, he was actually the safety manager in our institute and um, he he joined towards the end of my training. right from the first conversation that i had with him i knew he was he was very approachable and i knew that there is if there's anything that i need to discuss mm-hmm. his doors always open for me and it was mm-hmm. because you know when it when it came to my health and the other issues that i faced i would just go up to him and i would vent it out and i would talk to him and he'd give me the best advice mm-hmm. so um professionally he was one person i really looked up to because mm-hmm. he taught me to balance things he was always there he he took time out to sit and listen to me very patiently and i'm always going to be grateful to him for that mm-hmm. and um otherwise i i i look i look up to my mom and dad as role models because um it's it's only rec- until recently that i i realized what it takes to be in the airline and mm-hmm. how stressful life can be sometimes especially when you're flying and with my mom um she flies internationally something which demands so much mm-hmm. so my mom is definitely someone i really look up to now and my dad as well because he's he's worked really hard and um it's it's because of my mom and dad that i'm here today i'm able to do what what i've always wanted to do they've always been there for me financially mm-hmm. mentally mm-hmm. anything that i've ever asked for they've always been there for me and they've been my greatest pillars of support she completed her training and began her career at 21 while her friends were out having fun and still figuring out their next steps did she feel like she's missing out sometimes i don't feel like a 21 year old because uh, the other 21 year olds are just out there partying mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. so i do have those days where i feel like oh my god i wish i could just go mm-hmm. and have a good time and i wish i didn't have tons and tons mm-hmm. to study but i honestly believe to get somewhere in life you have to struggle at some point mm-hmm. things don't come that easily and i think this is my struggle right now maybe the others will have their share of struggle later on in life when i'll be out partying mm-hmm. so Uh I think it's 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 a fine balance and I think I'm working hard now and uh, I'm going to have lots of time to party later. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, in terms of thinking I feel like uh I feel like I'm more mature than an average 21 mm-hmm. year old. I'm more responsible and uh, sometimes I do feel like the the mom of the group <laughs> telling people oh don't do this don't do that I think you should go home oh don't drink don't smoke and things like that. But uh That's the way I like it. Yeah. I I choose to set boundaries and I I don't like uh, doing a few things and I'm I'm very 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 um 
I'm, I'm very clear about it. My mm -hmm. friends know that, okay, she, when she says no, she means it. No, yeah. You can call me anything you want. You can call me names. But when I say no, it's a no. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think sometimes it, uh, it, it helps me because I feel, um, I feel in charge. And mm -hmm. that's, that's how I like it. I like being in charge of mm -hmm. uh, situations and in charge of my life. From her experience, Ira shares what she thinks will help young adults define their career. Not everyone um, knows what they want to do at 21. Uh, a lot of people figure out very late in life. But I don't think that should stop you from going out there and exploring. If you don't know what it is that you are going to do, you definitely will know what you don't want to do. Because that, that happened to me when um, so I lived in the UK for three years mm -hmm. and um, I, so we had a, as a part of our curriculum, we had to work for about two weeks. You could do whatever you liked, you could. So I decided to go across to a primary school and uh, work as a teaching assistant. It was great, but that's when I realized that I can't teach, I can't work <laughs> with kids because uh, I love kids, I really love kids, but that's when I knew that this is something that I definitely can't do in my life. So that's what I keep telling them, go, go ahead, do internships, do a part-time job. It's fine if you can't keep up for a long time, but you will definitely know what you don't want to do in life. For me, that's, that's at least you're getting somewhere with it. Whether you're a parent to teens or someone undecided on what career path to follow, listen in as Ira shares some sound advice. I tell an 18-year-old to definitely chase their dreams. Don't stop chasing your dreams because if there's something that you want to do, that you genuinely want to do, I think you should go for it, work hard for it. Don't get into any kind of pressure. I know sometimes your parents will probably not agree with you, agree with your choice, but the least you can do is sit down with them, tell them that this is what you want and I need your support. And uh, if if that's not the issue and if you still don't know what you want, that's completely fine. Go out there, try different things out. It's, it's all about trial and error, honestly. If you, if you don't know what you want, I feel like it's trial and error. Go there, explore, do different things. I'm sure someday you will get there and you're going to think back and you will know that whatever I did has got me here. And you'll be very glad. You, you're going to be very thankful for your journey. Mm -hmm. Wow, we are so impressed by her and love that there are role models like her accessible for our children to emulate. She has inspired us to truly listen to our children and to support and respect their choices. If you're wondering if Ira got that promised diamond necklace that started it all for her, she did. But Ira refused to take it, knowing that she's got something better. A career she's passionate about and a future she looks forward to. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Join us again next time for our conversations on NRI Woman. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend and don't forget to rate us. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us hello at nriwoman.com or tweet us at nri underscore woman. Stay tuned for the highlights from the next episode at the end of the show. You can see and learn more about the amazing women we chat with on our Facebook page or website nriwoman.com. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind.
next week on NRI Woman. I had just lost my son Stephen in an accident in Dubai and uh, a few months later when I was you could say in a sort of a depression uh, Masti and that's what I named her came into my life that was my first dog I had never had or taken care of a dog before that new episodes come out every Monday so make sure you subscribe